Parshas Bilam tells us the story of Bilam, who at the same time was a Navi, but also, as the Torah tells us, was a tremendous Russia. Now, there's a famous mission in Pirkei we all know. The Mishnah says, a person who has three qualities is mitamid of Shlavram Avinu. is considered to be a disciple of Avram. And then there, the opposite three qualities, we can't call them qualities, with negative midas, that if a person possesses those, they consider the student the Talmud of Bilam Arasha. The famous question, which I'm sure everyone knows, it's been asked many times, is, in order to become a Talmud of Avram Avinu, in order to grow, in order to achieve, someone needs to learn how to do it. And therefore, if one wants to become a tzaddik, one needs to have a rebbe. One needs to be a student of Avram Avinu. But if one wants to be a Russia, so a person can manage admirably all on their own. We don't find that a person needs to be a student of a Russia to be a Russia. A person has their own Yetzirah, a person has their own weaknesses, and just left to his own devices, a person will become a Russia. And if that's the case, the famous question is, why does it need, does, uh, so to speak, a person who wants to have an ayin ra and be greedy, have an efesh chava and be haughty, have a ruach gavaya, need to be a student of bilam? Why can't they do that without bilam? So to answer the question, I want to tell you a story, and perhaps you'll see an original answer. The story of a certain younger man, someone sitting and learning, hush of a person, he learns a long time, so he was offered the position to be a Rosh Hashim. Okay, he jumped at the chance, he decided to think, you know, if I'm a Rosh Hashim, I want to be successful, I want people to come to me. So I have to advertise, I have to promote myself. I have to let people know that my yeshiva is the best place to go to. So what does he do? He puts out flyers, advertisements, that uh, in this yeshiva, you're going to have the opportunity to learn for one of the up-and-coming daily adar. Somebody whose breadth and grasp of Torah is unparalleled. Not only that, somebody has a unique ability to give over to students, to explain well. Somebody who can develop Talmudim with their particular approach which they've worked on in Avodah Hashem because uh, so with their wealth of knowledge and experience you couldn't accept, hope for a better opportunity to learn and of course in order to try and attract potential students so Rosh Shiva promotes himself and then everywhere he goes he takes opportunity to explain what's so special about him and his Yeshiva and nevertheless even with all the advertising that one can do, there's always going to be the students who choose to go to a different institution, to go to a different yeshiva. And therefore every time when it comes to the intake of the New Year's Talmudim, so of course there were the students that one wants, the Khatkhila, and if one see, and when our yeshiva sees that a different yeshiva got some of these prior students, of course, he's uh, jealous. Why do they go to him and not to me? Why did that yeshiva get uh, such good uh, students this year, not mine? 
and then it becomes competitive. That if I'm promoting myself, this is the best yeshiva there can be. So then it becomes, so to speak, a, a tug of war for every good student to make sure they come to my yeshiva. Why should somebody else get them? But a yeshiva doesn't just rely on students. As we know, there's another function, another job that Rosh Hashiva has to do as well, and that is to raise money. So the Rosh Hashiva in question, he needs to go out and knock on the doors of philanthropists and sit in the offices of the wealthy donors and try and explain to them that uh, they should be supporting his institution, his yeshiva. Um, having access to the inner office of these wealthy people, so when this Rosh Hashiva develops a taste for fine furniture, for Cuban cigars, for a very wealthy level of living. And uh, let's be honest, he enjoys it as well. Of course, if that's the case, that's the... Uh, one can get the best of, so to speak, both worlds, so then yes, a person develops a liking, a taste for the, so to speak, the fine points that this world has to offer. There's a shiva in question. Is the Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva G'dayla of Bila? And this is the point we want to do explain. We asked, if a person wants to be a Rasha, he doesn't need to take instruction. He doesn't need to be a student. A person can manage all on his own. That's true. But don't think for one second, Rabbi Sai that Bilam presented himself to the world as a Russian. Maybe that's what we see from the, the way the Torah shows what happened to him. But the shingle on Bilam's door said, Bilam the Navi, Bilam the man of Hashem, Bilam the Tzadik. And yes, Bilam promoted himself like that. And his services were available to those people speaking a connection to the spiritual. Bilam didn't present himself as a Russian. On the contrary, Bilam walked around wearing a frack or maybe a shreimer. And this is what the mission is telling us. How do you tell the difference between a person who's a real tzaddik and he's going to bring up his tamidim to be real tzaddikim as well to the person who's faking tzaddikos, to the charlatan, to the person who's putting on an act of tzaddikos when it's not real? How do you tell the difference between the real tzaddik which is going to bring a person to Olam Mabarak, the Mishnah says, and the person who's not a real tzaddik, even though they're imposing as one. And this is the principle of the Mishnah. Let's look what the three things are. The first, Abraham Avinu, the true tzaddik, had a ayin Whereas Bilam had an Ayn Ra. What's the difference between the two? A real Tariq isn't jealous of other people's success. He tries to make them successful too. For example, let's look at Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe is told that there are two men in the Jewish camp have also received Nevo, they've also become prophets, Moshe's immediate reaction is, If only all Hashem's people would be prophets. Did Moshe feel that he had to protect his status as the Navi? He had to try and prevent other people competing with him? Not for a second. 
Alavai, if only everybody would be able to become a novice, says Moshe. That's the way the Tzadik looks at it. Whereas the person who's not ready the Tzadik. So when somebody else threatens to usurp their honor, their position, so then they're going to have an iron raw. They're going to be jealous. As we see by Bilam. He saw Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael is being favored by Hashem. Klai Yisrael has been given a certain level of Ruch HaKodesh. And he looked at him with an eye in row. He was jealous of them. He wished for their downfall. The second difference is the person who is an Eved Hashem Be'emes. The real Tzaddik doesn't look for pleasure, for fulfillment in Olam Once again, Avraham Avinu, he goes to battle and he's successful. And he comes back laden down with the entire wealth of stone in Amira and other cities as well. And the king says to him, please give me back the people. And Avraham says, I'm going to give you back everything. A shoelace, a string I'm not going to take from stone. Avram, it belongs to you. You've won it fair and square in battle. Avram says, I don't care about Olam Azeh. I don't need the money of stone. Take it all back. That's a sign of a real tzaddik. A person who doesn't have big expectations for Olam Azeh. Whereas Bilam, when the messengers come to tell him, they say, Bilam, Barak wants you to come and curse the Jewish people. The first thing Bilam thinks of, how much am I going to charge for this? Tell Bilam this is not going to be cheap. Tell Barak it's going to cost him a low base of Fazov. His whole house of gold and silver, my fee is very high. Which study talks like that? Which study talks about how much money he wants for giving a bracha? How much he wants to gain from doing this on him what he feels he has to do? That's the second sign of Isaiah, of the person who's not a real tzaddik. And then the third one. A real tzaddik has a nefesh shvara. He's humble. Avraham Avinu meets the people of Ches. He wants to ask for a burial place for Sarah. And Avraham doesn't present himself, I'm the boss, this is mine, I'm the king. No. Avraham says, Ger I'm a stranger, I'm a visitor. He speaks by another. Whereas Bilam? No. Bilam has a nefesh kavaya. Bilam is haughty, self-conceited. How does Bilam present himself? Look how he introduced what he has to say. Listen to me speak, Barak. I'm the one who knows the das of the Most High. I'm the one who's intimate with Hashem. Which Novi ever introduces the Nevoah like that? Look through the, ra- the entire s- scriptures of all the Nevim we Klal Yisrael have. Does any Novi introduce himself by telling us how great he is? Listen to what I say because I'm the one who does the dice of the Most High. I have to introduce myself and promote myself at the same time. Says the Mishnah. Do you want to know if somebody is uh, presenting themselves as a Tzaddik, 
as a Navi and it's true, or somebody is presenting them, putting on a false act. This is the difference between the qualities of Avram Avinu and the qualities of Bina. The real Tzaddik has an eye in Tova. The real Tzaddik has a, has a low expectation for Olam And the real Tzaddik is an honor. As opposed to the person who's putting on the act, then he's going to have an Ayn Ra. Then he's going to have a Nefesh Rechava. And he's going to have a Ruch like the Mishnah tells us. But there's more than this, Rabbi said. There's a reason for that. Let's understand better. And that is, the re- there's a reason why the real Tzadik, let's begin with uh, another. There's a reason why the real Tzadik is going to feel humble. And that is, like the Rambam teaches us, and you say that Eric Bess. And he says that a person who is misbounded, who thinks about, contemplates, the greatness of Hashem, Hashem's wisdom, Hashem's power, Hashem's ability. And when a person begins to realize that in some way, says the Rambam, Miyat is going to retreat and he's going to feel that I'm a small insignificant, meaningless creation in the presence of such majesty, in the presence of such grandeur. Ramamus, when a person is aware of the greatness of Hashem, so in turn that makes him feel incompetent. It makes him feel inadequate. Anybody who's had the opportunity in some way to connect to the feeling of being in the presence of Hashem is not going to feel like they're a Balgaiva. Is not going to be full of themselves and consider themselves to be great. On the contrary, they've tasted what real greatness means. And they're going to feel themselves very, very far from that. It's only the person who's never really tasted what greatness means, who's never come into contact with it. And therefore, their horizon is limited by themselves. And they can't contemplate, they can't imagine anything bigger than them. Then they're going to be full of themselves. They're going to consider themselves to be something special. But somebody who's had the opportunity to come into contact with real godless, real greatness, is going to feel the, a, a tremendous chasm between where they're holding themselves and what real greatness means. And there's no way they're going to be a Balgaib. We spoke about the feeling of being in the presence of Hashem. The truth is, and I know this, is, this also works, when somebody has opportunity to be in the presence of their teacher. They learn Torah from somebody that they see is so much greater than they. Whether it's in the breadth of Torah or whether it's in the depth, the understanding, the level of commitment, the asmada, whatever it's going to be. How can a person be a Balgaiva? He's going to look to see the level of his Rebbe, of his teacher, and he's going to think, what are compared to that? This is called Torah knowledge. This is called Torah greatness. I have seen what Torah greatness means. And I'm very, very far from that. And yes, we have this in the, throughout the Torahs. Every generation would look to the one before 
in awe, in admiration, and feel that's what greatness means. And I don't begin to compare. That's the sign of a true person of greatness, a person who appreciates greatness, as opposed to a person who's never had that connection. And if that's the case, their concept of greatness is themselves. That's all they know about. And they're going to promote themselves as being great. That's a sure sign that they've never experienced anything which is truly great. So that's the first def defining characteristic of the Avram of the Bidom. The Avram who said, yes, when he was Zaychot to Nevoah, and was able to speak to Hashem, he said, Hashem, in your presence, I consider myself dust and ashes. And our Chazal tells us that's the hallmark, hallmark of every God will be Israel. I gave you greatness and it caused you to minimize yourselves. That's not a second point. It's a natural result. When a person's in contact with real greatness, then they feel about themselves, we don't begin to compare. That's the first factor. The second. The second. A person who's had the opportunity to taste the sweetness of Torah, to feel fulfillment in learning, to feel an enjoyment in Avodah Hashem. A person like that loses all taste, all enjoyment in the physical world. It doesn't begin to offer anything similar to what he's experienced. What can you offer Klai Yisrael? What pleasure can you tempt them with? What physical enjoyment can equal what they experienced at Harsina? And we see this. I've had the opportunity to be in the home of Shlomo Zaman Orbach Zichrani Livracha, Rav Yosha Zichrani Livracha, Rav Shach Zichrani Livracha, and if one had to find a Tzad a common theme between all those homes of greatness, it was the absolute simplicity in which all those G'daylim lived. I'm sure all of you listening, your homes are on a much higher level of luxury than the homes of these G'daylim. Just as an example, I remember the... the the bathroom of Rav Ari Leib's home was plain concrete. The floor wasn't even tiled. And don't think it wasn't because people didn't offer to pay to upgrade their standard of living, to pay to re redo their home, to pay for new furniture. But the reaction of a godl is, why waste money on something as meaningless as that? Why would I want to have a fancier dining room suite? Why do I want to have fancier living quarters? For a person who's living their life of Ruchnius, that's where they see satisfaction. That's where they get their enjoyment. So why in the world do they want something else? And therefore Avraham Avinu, the Tzaddik, yes, he has the opportunity to keep as his own the entire wealth of Storm, and Storm was an incredibly wealthy city, as we know. And he doesn't bat an eyelid. On the spot, take it all away. I don't even want a shoelace. It means nothing to me. That's a sign of a tzaddik.
a person who's found fulfillment in Ruchnis. And the opposite? The opposite is Bilam. The person who doesn't find fulfillment in Ruchnis. He's never really experienced what Ruchnis means. That's the person who's hungry for money. Who's hungry for physical pleasure. That's the only pleasure he's ever known. And therefore, yes, that's the kind of person that if you want them to give you a bracha, you want them to, you want to, in this case, bring them a klara, it's all a question of money. That's what speaks to them. That's the second sign of a person who's not really a tzaddik. He's never, been, never had the connection to what tzaddikus really means. And the last point. A person who has even a minimal level of imuna knows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu plans for every person what they're meant to get. And no one can touch what's meant for their friend. No one can take away what someone else was meant to get in the Shemaim. A person can't touch what's meant for his friend even a hair's breadth. And if that's the case, a person even on a minimal level of imuna understands there's nothing to be jealous about. There's, nothing, there's no reason for an ayin ra. What's meant for me, I'll get. What's not meant for me, I won't get. What someone else gets isn't taking away from what I'm meant to have. And therefore, it doesn't hurt me that someone else is successful. I have an ayin tova for other people. Let them be matzliach too. It's not going to affect me in any way. The money they get wasn't money which was meant for me. The success they have wasn't meant to be mine. The Talmudim they get, the position they get, whatever it's going to be, that was always meant for them. And therefore I give them an eye in Torah, they should be matzliach, they should enjoy it. It's not going to affect me either way. That's a sign of a tzaddik. Whereas the person who doesn't have emunah and sees everything as something they could have taken, they could have gotten, and everything something else, someone else gets is their loss. They have an eye in row. And that's what the mission is telling us. There are those people who pose as tzaddikim and are tzaddikim. There are those people who pose as tzaddikim and are really rishayim. How do you tell the difference? How do you tell the difference between the real tzaddik of Abraham Avinu and the person who's presenting himself like a tzaddik called Bilam? And the mission is look for these three things. Look to see if he's a person who promotes himself or minimizes himself. Look to see if he's a person who enjoys Olam or has no need for Olam Look to see if he's a person who can rejoice in other people's success or takes it as an, so to speak, as a threat to himself. Because the Talmudim of Bilam Arashim says the Mishnah, if, as much as they try to present themselves as being righteous, as being prophets, as being people of great of great levels, but like the mission says, the Yoshim Gehinim. They're not the tzaddikim they make themselves to be. Whereas the Talmudim of Avraham Avinu, the true tzaddik, like the mission says, they're the ones who Yerush Ganeden. They're the ones who are on the track, on the path, to achieve the great levels, which is possible for a person to achieve and to achieve the great reward which is meant for the true tzaddikah.